Extra Butter Podcast. See, I'm still... I'll still shop at a Walmart. I'm a I'm a huge fan of a Win Dixie. I don't know if those are near you, but I love a good Win Dixie, good Bogo. Not near me anymore. I'd have to move. Yeah, for me, it's I mean, Publix is the closest to me, of course, and I still go. Like I still like Publix, but I don't know, man. Sometimes I'll go to Publix and like you'll go to a Win Dixie and Walmart and be like, why am I spending so much? Or like an Aldi, where like yeah. eighteen apples is a dollar. <laughs> It's just a tree outside. You just shake it, <laughs> bro. It just does the the cost of that source doesn't make any oh. sense. Everything's so cheap at Aldi. It's bad at Publix, but I used to go to like the regular, just grocery only Walmart. But the WalMarts near me now are mm-hmm. so effing terrible. Oh sure. That I was like, nah, I'll just go to this Publix. Yeah, the best uh, Walmart I've ever been to is the one in a uh, Winter Windermere. I don't know if you've ever been to that one, but that one's like. Oh, it's like you're. It, it's it's when I used to live in Windermere. It was it was built like right before. Well, no, it was around like while I was living at Felipe's and stuff, and it felt like you were at a Target because it was so new, you know. And then obviously it's Windermere where it's like only rich people live, and people that work at Disney, like you know the college program kids who's like, you know, yeah. living there off their daddy's dime or whatever it is, you know. <laughs> so. That Walmart is so nice. Like, it's just such a nice Walmart that I've never... Every other Walmart I've ever been to is, like, if you have social anxiety, it's just not where you want to be on a weekend. And then, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just so many carts and just, like, it's just so much. Whereas that Walmart, like, the greeters seemed happy to see you. You know, it was, it was, it was, like... like, Genuinely. I feel like if there's a, like, I don't know who the actual Walmart man is, but when he goes and visits his local stores i def he definitely hits that one up you know what i mean just yeah. be like this is what walmart should be you know all models should be like this exactly Dude, we exactly. we even like learned in that public's orientation that even the lights the light bulbs and the lighting in the publics are on purpose to make everything brighter and cleaner looking and i was like dude when you go into walmart and it looks like you know it looks like a scene of the apocalypse and it's like this dark dingy lighting it makes you feel like crap and oh yeah "Yeah, for sure i i think that makes the difference you know for sure i didn't even notice that Publix does feel uh lit differently now that you've mentioned it i don't think i've ever uh what else did they say they talk about how the aisles are spaced wider apart too so you're not as cramped yeah they're on yeah it makes it they're more spacious and the lighting is also different to make you feel better and i was like dude going into walmart sometimes feels like you're in like an abandoned kmart and it's like will you get out alive maybe it's so bad bro it's so bad and on top of that too like public still has like there's no self-checkout like you still have to go to a real person and check out whereas walmart it's all self-checkout. It's all people stealing millions of dollars. Crazy is what it is. I wish it was just like a, a Kim's Convenience. I would just fucking go there every day instead. I swear. I, I would swear, love it. Bro. I'd, feel, I'd feel so much better about it. <laughs> but anyway, we're live. We made it, bro. Welcome to Extra Butter. Your podcast for great conversation and great movies. This is Cam. This is uh, Dylan. And we are watching, I mean, this is Dylan. This is a Dylan pick. I, I feel bad because I, I came into this movie later in life and it was one of those movies when I watched, I think I was like 
13, maybe 12 when I first watched the first, like, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I, and I just was like, why did this take me so long? <laughs> this is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know what age I first saw this. Do you know? I had to have been young, like that kind of age, yeah. You're all younger than 13. I saw it late. I mean, this movie came out in, what, 81? Yeah. So, I, I mean... I probably saw it a little younger than that, but yeah, it's definitely uh, absolutely essential viewing. I'm yeah, it's it's, about that. it's not even debatable. When it, this movie's so freaking good, man. Oh, <laughs> this is a good pick. When you picked this one, I was like, wow. I can't believe I've never even, we've never talked about doing this one. Did we ever talk about doing this one? I'm not sure. That was literally my first thought was like, we were trying to figure out what we were going to do next, what we were going to do like in between guests. And I was sitting there just like staring at my bank of movies. And I was like, holy crap, have we done Raiders? And I was like, it almost seems uh, mean that we haven't done Raiders. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's literally the, uh, have we done a Spielberg movie before? I'm not trying to think back on our catalog. Obviously, we just did Star Wars, so we did it at Lucas. Well, we did uh, Jurassic Park at one point. Didn't oh, we? yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I'm saying like, this is the culmination of like, at this point, what it like? Obviously, Lucas was known for Star Wars. Spielberg had done Close Encounters and Jaws. Yeah, no? Clo- Close Encounters, Jaws, and um, Sugarland Express and right. Duel. So it's like these heavyweights of, of titans of the film industry come together and make I don't know the coolest action hero of all freaking time. Like it's. <laughs> It's insane, bro. It's freaking insane. Yeah, they this was done right after Spielberg shot 1941. Now, if you've ever seen that, it's horrible. I have not. It was his attempt to do like a slapstick comedy thing, and it's got like John Belushi, and it's about like oh. World War II time, and you think it would be good, and it was really difficult to watch, and it bombed big time, mm-hmm. and. Spielberg had a really bad problem when he started was like he was really talented and his movies obviously delivered but he was really bad about going over budget and over time right so when they did this Lucas was like hey oh this is my money you better you better get right so <laughs> they planned the shit out of this storyboarded the shit out of this and it actually was just like under time under budget and it proved like that Spielberg could really like he could get it he could get it he could get you know it. I mean? <laughs> yeah, he, for sure, for sure. Because how many... I, now I'm really testing your nerd because you would know better than I. Do you know how many Star Wars that came out before this movie came out? Was just it just one? Okay, so the, just... Uh, uh, just the first one. Yeah, Got it. Okay, okay, okay. The okay. famous story from this is that, like, Lucas didn't even want to be in town when Star Wars premiered because he was like, it almost killed him to make Star Wars. He's like, fuck it, this thing's going down. So, like, he had gone on vacation, Hawaii, met up with Spielberg, and they discussed, like, the making of this film, like, on the beach. Make a sandcastle, <laughs> I guess. Because that's what people, I would, man. That's what, yeah. What you doing? Sandcastle. Sandcastles. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, what's weird is Spielberg, like, a lot of, like, really big directors have always wanted to make a Bond movie for some reason and just have never gotten the opportunity Mm-hmm. Spielberg wanted to, and Lucas is basically just like, "Yeah, no, this is way better than Bond," and I agree. <laughs> yeah, I, like, yeah, I'm heavily. not even. I think it's yeah. Indy is Indy's the coolest man to ever grace Phil. Like, obviously, 
a lot of uh Harrison Ford's characters are super cool. Han Solo. I forget the lead, the name of the guy from Blade Runner, but a lot of his characters are like super cool. Uh Decker. Decker, yeah. But yeah. Indiana Jones is like there, there are so many. This movie came out, and I've 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 seen so many people try to do recreations on their home VH like like tape recorders, just trying to recreate these scenes because of how much they're ingrained in your freaking skull. The, like, the set pieces are so iconic. They're so the good, rolling bro. boulder, the fight with like the weird plane. Oh you know, my the gosh! Whole arc itself, like the the scenes, like burn into you so well that like they we'll just get lend there. We'll themselves get there. Here, to, let me, uh... they lend themselves so well to that, you know. Uh, but yeah, let's start off. Uh, Dylan, why did you pick this one? What made you pick Indiana Jones? Other than the fact that we had just disrespectfully had never done it before, <laughs> other than the <laughs> sin we committed, <laughs> right? Exactly. You know, Raiders at least at least like if we're not even gonna talk about the other Indiana Jones, Raiders to me is up there with Wizard of Oz as being like the ultimate Ooh. escape, like the ultimate escape movie. Like it's got everything you want to look for. It's action, it's romance, it's got comedy, like yep. everything about it is just like quintessential like American cinema. And as far as like classic movies that got played in the theater again i've seen raiders more times than any other classic thing every time it comes up for like an anniversary or whatever reason they want to throw it in yeah. i go and watch it and the last time i saw it was the 40x theater it was freaking awesome man oh really that's cool it was perfect in the art in that's that 4d cool. theater man i was cracking up the whole time i've seen it in a theater and a drive-in i think I've seen it twice but like you know, obviously, I wasn't even born when this movie came out, but yeah, it's it's. I I can imagine you being the guy that's like, anytime you see that, you know, it's it's showing at some random theater. You're like, I'm in there. I don't I don't give a crap. I want to see it in any way, shape, or form I possibly can. You know, people will be like, "Oh yeah, the uh, Avatar is what is the movie that cinemas are made for." You sure. can shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, bro. I'm gonna say it like that's this. Fair. This is the like one of the examples of a film that like the cinema was made for this. Like the picture, the scope of it, the sound of it. Like think of iconic sound effects and Star Wars and these indie films are, are it. Like the punching, the whip, the everything. Oh, like, no I mean, one it's, shoots it's, a gun like Indiana made. Jones, man. Oh, dude, no one the shoots swag, a gun. Just Bro, the sound effects oh, look so swag and it, like right now we're watching the uh opening scene uh and i i think this is this is arguably the coolest introduction to a character right like yeah. oh hands down you know what i mean like i don't i don't what's, think there's a better what's cooler introduction. than this it, like the way they set him up the like the did that beginning where he whips that uh that gun out of dude's hand and they show yeah. him yeah and it's not even they don't even do the indie theme it's just like a dark like lower yeah. theme like he's almost and, a villain when the musical motif oh comes wow yeah. that's a good point like yeah, it's like wham 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 yeah and you just see like the brim and shit and he's like the coolest motherfucker you've ever seen <laughs> right and like, so it goes from that to like him like being yeah you know the the coolest part like you think he's like a superhero in terms of like what he's pulling off Mm -hmm. to get that uh the idol and then when obviously the big boulder chases him and he's running out and then he gets chased by those whovians or whatever the those people are called i forget what they're called uh, who i don't uh, 
Hovitas. Uh, Hovitas. There you go. It's like a Hoovians. Damn. The Who's from Doctor from Doctor Seuss. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, yeah, the, the Lorax. Think, yeah, the Lorax, the Lorax is, people, is yeah. pissed fuck that he took his gold piece. <laughs> his gold tree. Um, <laughs> yeah, but then he gets chased by them, and then he's, like, screaming like a mad person, so you know he's human. And then he gets yeah. to the plane, and then he's immediately afraid of snakes. Like, the way that they're able to be, like, he's the coolest person in the world, but instantly humanize him is yeah. so cool, bro. Like, it's, it's oh, man. The characterization ah. immediately. You know, I was, I was trying to think. What are some other like uh, character introductions that are like on par? And then sure. one that I thought of immediately was Captain Jack when he goes Ooh. in the little dinghy boat and then steps onto the dock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when he just sinking like, or whatever. Off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I was like, so dude, gassed. if I was gonna think of something, that's one of them. Ah, that's a great I, I'm, gonna think, I'm gonna think like all night about what other ones are as good as that. It's that's a really good. That's now. a really good one. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's hard to. Uh, it's hard to match Indy's intro, but that's that's a really oh, good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. It's a really good choice. Um, yeah, like the the intro scene alone to just what Harrison Ford does with this character, I, I, it's hard to think of like a, any like when it comes to movie characters. Like if we're ranking them, like who's mm-hmm. the like Indy is top five. Like you can't like. I can't like, name like heroes of all time. You know what I film? mean? Like I can't name four better ones than Indiana Jones. You know what I mean? Gosh. And what's I don't funny think is you is you want to say Han Solo, but then you don't want to put another Ford character. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. He's like, but then... the two feel so different. <laughs> two Fords almost... are in there in top five is crazy. You know, it, they almost feel so different that it's like you could still put both of them on there and still feel okay with it. Yeah, that's you know fair. What I mean? You could you definitely could. It's too, it's uh, that's a difficult list. If I was trying to think of top five, I was trying to think of top five Spielberg movies of all time, and I was like, the man has done too much, it's <laughs> too much gold there. Like, oh, yeah, how would you ever like narrow that down? You saw um, the Fablemans, right? I still need to see that. I did, and you said I that movie did. is about like him, like it's about Steven Spielberg. Yeah. It's definitely something that was must have been difficult for him to make, uh, in terms of it being so personal. Mm-hmm. And I think he talked about making it before, but he was unsure because it's it's a lot of stuff that's like unflattering about his parents. And I think he wasn't sure about doing that when they were alive. I wouldn't be sure about it either because it it was like to spoil it, even though it's not like it's a TV show. Sure. Um, It's like his his parents had divorced, but it was a little messy because the his father's childhood friend that they considered as like an uncle is the person that she like fell in love with and i was like damn that's that's like that's a lot to put on film so i can see why and this really happened like this is this is the truth of yeah oh it's definitely pretty like on point but the movie was really good and when i was thinking about i was like it reminded me when i read george lucas's autobiography and it helped me understand like you know why he made his films why he sold his company this mm. movie really made me understand why spielberg is the master storyteller that he is and i think really his, up- his upbringing had a lot to do with like you know how he got to be in the craft that he is and like why he's so imaginative very good man. i really recommend it oh yeah i feel like when it comes to spielberg like uh, if we're talking, if we're comparing the like directors to like sports icons, he's Jordan, right? Like he's, <laughs> or or uh, better yet, yeah, I never thought of, I never thought about that. Better yet, I don't, uh, maybe he's 
what maybe would you tom, maybe he's tom brady he's old and he's still got it <laughs> yeah i'm just trying to i'm trying to think because it's like he's yeah, good I get, I get at where you're going, everything though. he's good at yeah. everything you know what i mean is he okay oh, here we go here we go here we go he's pele he's pe- bro. pele bro <laughs> He's just—he's the—he's the goat. He's—he's—he's he's, he's the undisputed. Like you can say Messi, you can say all these other yeah. fantastic, you know, soccer or football stars, but there's only one Pele, you know. And it I feel is. like with 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 Spielberg, it's like from from Schindler's List, The Color Purple, Jaws, Jurassic Park. Oh my life! You know what I mean, fight. bro? Like it's like he's able to tell so many stories that aren't even something that he's lived through you know what i mean yeah, like he's it's definitely like a pillar of cinema yeah it's like, just like if you history. give him something he can like i i know that obviously he has some duds i don't know if i've seen them to be perfectly honest i because I, I every spielberg movie i've ever personally seen has been great uh yeah. i mean i mean as a kid i remember i watched the iron giant so many times bro <laughs> so many times i love that movie bro mm-hmm. oh here he is yeah that's when he's running from the hovitas and he's screaming the- for his freaking life hovitas. dang man yeah that, Steve, his special magic is is when you watch his interviews and shit like that you just kind of think like that's a kid that's like a 17 year old kid with the whole world in front of him mm-hmm. but he's got millions at his disposal and just like a right. insane pedigree but that's what he reminds me of. He reminds me of that because I feel like a lot of these other directors who grew up in that age and before that became very like, I don't know, a little old, a little bitter, and a and a little like rigid. And you can see it now, bro, to, when they're yeah. calling out the Marvel films. Like I, yeah. I understand it. Like I get it. I I, I, I understand being Ridley Scott and being like, oh there was God. a time when I could, I know, <laughs> I could I could get a movie out and pe- everyone would see. It. Like I understand. Yeah feelings that way yeah i, I yeah. understand it i understand feeling like i'm ways. making original films and these comic book movies keep making so much money but yeah. at what point is it be better you know what i mean i'm not saying really scott's bad that's not what i'm saying i'm not saying that uh gladiator uh, baby. you know what i mean of course like i'm not Alien. uh what am, i'm i'm there's another director that i'm blanking on i said the same thing about scorsese, man. scorsese, scorsese yeah exactly like I, I would never yeah. say scorsese is a bad filmmaker that is insane yeah. to say but i will say that this is where films are now they're in this 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 like comic books are what sells because nostalgia sells that's just facts so you have you have to contend with that that's just where we're at you know what i mean it sucks but that's where we're at. No, no studio is giving money to Chef. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just not happening anymore. And it's sad because a lot of those movies are great. But it's like, yeah, those are just straight to Netflix movies now. That's why you see a movie like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which is one of the better movies that's been out oh, in the last man. ten years. That that's why you great. see it. You see it flop at the box office, even though it's it'll be you know phenomenal for years to come. Uh, yeah, but. It's nothing, it's weird too, because it's not like it's any different from any other era of film since it started. Mm. Each decade, each kind of season and period is all the same. It's all serving what the audience is currently craving. If the audience right. wants um, pictures of a of border collie saving a kid from a fucking well, that's what they get. And it actually saved a company in, in the 30s, you know? 
And if they now want these films with these heroes, that's what they get. Now we're hitting the hero fatigue. So you might eventually see them start to pull away from that. And we won't get Fast and Furious 25. We'll get something else, you know? Exactly. It ebbs and and flows. But that's why Spielberg remains a favorite. Because he seems to just kind of like bend and move and always doing something cool. He's always got another project. He's always working at two at once, which I don't know how you do. He's a madman, you know? Yeah. He's another... He's always got something... He's another great that she might as well have fuck me on her eyebrow on her eyelids. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's one of those uh pretty much. Pretty uh, much. You know, I remember uh when we were talking about Alfred Hitchcock, we were talking about how um in Psycho he gave up so much exposition. Like because he had mm. to, right? Around that time he just had to be like explain to the audience what is happening. Yeah, that was that yeah, we were talking about how like that's that's how they did it in the fifties right. and sixties was this... they were just like a narrator almost, yeah. Right. And and the way that they give exposition in this movie is so great. I love yeah. the way they just be like they give you everything about the arc in the scene that we're about to see. Like this is what it is, this is why it's important, blah blah blah. And then like the whole time, I think there's that one scene where or that one bit where there there's like a beam of light that comes from it and they're asking Indy <laughs> what it is, and he's like Oh, it's so good. I don't know. Like they zoom it, in and it's, it's chill, it's, like you get it's chills. a bolt from Jesus or something. Yeah. Like you could tell Indiana's <laughs> like, I don't I want it. I don't care what it does. I, I want to get it. But it works so well because instead of just being like a dump of exposition, they play on his character, the fact right. that he's actually a, a teacher and a uh a savant for knowledge, and they're just like, Here, he's gonna use the blackboard, he's gonna write it and shit like that. That's smart filmmaking to block oh, out dude. a scene where exposition is given and instead of it being dull it still serves a, a purpose you know what i mean yeah and i think like uh we we talk about in today's society or today's like media consumption a lot of like tv tv shows seem to do a little better than movies in some aspects because you get to live with these characters for so long you kind of understand their nuances and everything like that these characters feel so lived in like they feel mm. so like like they've known each other forever so it's almost like when you're watching the movie it, it doesn't feel like you're even though you're being introduced to new characters they're not doing the whole exposition for you in terms of them you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it's kind of just like we we you know we're, we're telling the end jones like these two feel like they've known each other for years you know like i don't i don't know how to describe it like it's such a unique way of having them of having the audience like get exposition yeah in a, in a way that's like yeah yeah these characters you know they, they they live for this they die for this and it's not in a way that i wish i could have another movie that I could explain it to where it feels like these characters are just like i don't know like they like they're all just meeting for the first time even though they shouldn't be i don't yeah. know how to describe it like i gotta find another movie where i can you just I, you kind of you kind of know it in your gut though when you're watching a film like you can feel like the the acting and the writing is good when yeah people who are supposed to be friends inherently just seem that way to you even though it's the first right? scene it, exactly you know like it's I mean? it's like those like horror like those new age horror movies where it's like a bunch of college kids yeah and, the, and it's like we've been <laughs> oh, friends since we were babies but like the way they yeah. talk you can clearly tell they weren't like you know what i mean yeah. like I, I don't know how to describe it like these characters feel like they've known each other you know like i, I don't know no, I get exactly what you're saying. And that's either good acting or like in a film where it's like a kid's cast, you have to let the kids and people mingle beforehand. You can't meet cold on the set. 
Otherwise, right. it's not gonna it's not gonna come off as like genuine. You know what I mean? Exactly. Who who wrote yeah. this movie again? Because it's just it's just it's Lucas, right? Uh, yeah, you have it on thing. Philip Kaufman and Lawrence Kaufman. Kaufman. It was known too for helping uh, Clint Eastwood do the the outlaw Josie Wales, which is one of his concerns. Wow. And then Kasdan Kasdan ended up yeah co-writing that Empire Strikes Back script. Um, you know, it's weird because like the sequel to this is fascinating to me because it wasn't as popular, but it was actually like a prequel. And I thought that was really dope because mm-hmm. it reminded me of the new Mad Max where it was like they had ah. a recast. You know, they didn't put Mel Gibson. They just recast him as Tom Hardy. And right. They basically said, like, we're not giving you a time period. This is just another adventure of the Road Warrior. And I like yeah. Temple of Doom because it's just like, hey, instead of trying to be a, a second film mm. and a follow up and, and we'll have to do all this work to make it better than the original we're just going to tell you it's another adventure of Indiana Jones and this is just it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's such a baller move because you, you take away all the pressure of trying to top yourself and you just make something that's like make something different. crazy. Yeah. yeah. And they really went for it and contributed to the that creation of the PG-13 rating. That's a funny-ass story. Bro, I'm telling you right now that seeing this movie, rewatching this movie, there's so much blood in it. In the in this first There's one? so much violence, bro. Just like Tommy guns and shit. Bro, going people melting. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that in that first scene where it's like that dude oh. like is a speed or a an arrow in his eye and the eyes like bloody. Like yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, I, I, I remember and you got you got Doc Ock there that gets killed and he's got like an oh, arrow through his throat. Or dude, whatever. there's that scene where he's yeah. oh man, man, man. I'm, oh, where he's fighting that. That dude in that airplane propeller oh, chops yeah, his face. Yeah. Like, I know they don't fighting show his like, face. Yeah. Crazy, bro. Like, this movie. Fighting, like, fucking Major Armstrong from Full Metal. And he yeah. gets caught in the blades. <laughs> dude, like, this movie. Here's, yeah, where he talks about the, the light coming out of it. <laughs> and oh, he's just man, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't care what it is. Our God is up, then I don't know. I'm going to get it. <laughs> get, me on a, get me on a plane. I'll get it for you. Give I'll me 20 get it. minutes. Don't worry 20 about minutes me. in a steak sandwich. Don't even worry yeah. about it. <laughs> Bro, Angelica and I, uh, not last night, but the night before, we, we watched uh, <laughs> Too Fast, Too Furious. Stop. This is a tangent, but I have to talk about it because... So we're, we... Re- and I that's I know I'm in, I'm in the minority, and I understand that. that you too love Fast, it? Too Furious is my favorite Fast and Furious movie ever made. And I don't out care... Out of all of them? Out of every single one. Oh, my God. You just broke the hearts of, like, all those closet Tokyo Drift fans. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. Like I understand that Fast Five is a great movie. I understand that Fast Seven and oh, six and seven, great movies. I, I'm not Fast and the Furious first one's great, but Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> Would you agree it's, with me that it's a comedy? Before yeah, it's, anything, it's, it's the perfect level it's a buddy of buddy comedy. If a buddy like Paul Walker, and again, these movies to me are paul walker without paul walker fast and furious means absolutely nothing to me so when he passed away i don't care about vin diesel saying family eight thousand times i just want paul walker and when y'all sit here on this stupid ass script and be like where's brian he's with the kids stop it cut (laughs) it out that's not doesn't make any sense this ain't about brian anymore cameron it's about dom's like you know what i mean (laughs) yeah like it's just to do this john scene like what are we talking about right now like 
You know, I the next that... film will oh. be Dom's cousin and it'll be Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, Rome. Exa- <laughs> it's just oh. every wrestling Every star. wrestler that wants to be an actor. Exactly. Uh, I... I don't. Anyway, sorry. Um, I I I I say all that to say we were re, we were we we were watching it, and I I don't know if people remember, but Ludacris is in that movie, and there's a scene in that movie where Ludacris tells Brian in the beginning where they need a race and they look like the Power Rangers because every car has lights like that match the car, and he's like, "Give me four minutes," and then Brian meets him there. <laughs> And and Paul, or sorry, Ludacris's character is just a guy that runs races on the side and owns a garage. Like, that's what he does. And if you watch the last Fast and the Furious movie, this man is breaking into the Pentagon. <laughs> what changed yeah. about that man's yeah. character? Tej, right, is his name? I, yeah, I think so. Like, yeah. what changed? How did he go from a man who just yeah. owned... Uh, a car shop and did local street races in Miami to I can hard like decrypt myself into presidential confidential files taking out satellites cracking safes when was he able to do this uh, yeah it's it's crazy bro uh, yeah Scorsese might be right about that <laughs> you know what I mean like but and, yeah. and that's those are the movies where I understand where Scorsese goes like all right, I just made, or you know, uh, Kubrick being like, I just made a, a fantastic. Oh epic my god, with bro! Matt, was it Matt Damon and Adam Driver? What was it, the, the oh night my, one? I can't even. Remember. If Kubrick was fucking alive, he would be like, he would be so mad. <laughs> oh, bro! He he would be burning down studios if he saw bro. what happened to if he saw what happened to the film. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. It's yeah, it's he crazy. He would. He <laughs> you would. know, uh, MTV used to do kind of the same thing Disney Channel did where they did those like behind the scenes looks at films. I don't know if you ever remember MTV. I don't remember them. that. What was it called? Oh man. I don't remember, but MTV did a behind the scenes look at Too Fast, Too Furious. And it was when, I don't know why they would do this. They would put like the night vision on and they would send them into the movie theater room and like just film the audience because they don't have a right to film the screen. And we watched, I don't know, it was MTV, I'm pretty sure. And we watched that before the movie came out and we Mm -hmm. got like super hype about it. And then Lee had like a big birthday party or something. And it was like (laughs) a bunch, there was a bunch of us that went to the movie theater to watch this. And I just remember the beginning of the movie because it was like the universal logo or whatever. And then it became like a rim for a car. And I was like, oh, it's on. This is the coolest shit I've ever seen. Oh man! <laughs> Don't me, doesn't uh, Lee have the skyline that Paul Walker has in this movie? I don't think he doesn't have the exact model. I don't know all the years and the numbers. And sure, stuff. sure, sure. It's, it's but like he has a skyline, right? He does have a skyline. It's, yeah, I don't remember. He'll kill me. For oh yeah, 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 it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't that was definitely the inspiration of it. We saw this movie, and I think that was it. He was like, "I'm getting that one day, like no matter what." And he did get it, so yeah, he does have it. it with a freaking Godzilla blowing blue fire on it. Yeah, like, it's, it looks it's crazy. Pretty, it's fun as hell. It's definitely a project because it's older than we are. So, <laughs> oh, the car. I think it's ninety three is when it was. Oh wow! Made. So there's a lot of things that are just breaking and ancient on it. 
Sure, but uh, did he spend a lot of money on it? Uh, let's not get into it. I no, I don't yeah. think it was as much as you really would think it was. Which really? Kind of weird. Yeah, it's more about the fact that all the money will be sunk into like getting preparing it how it. you want it to get got it, it, and got preparing it. whatever the hell falls off each week. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> <laughs> like what? Well, there goes the bumper. It's <laughs> like Ant Man when he goes. Jeez. Oh, my mom died, and my dad got deported. And my wife left. And my me. wife left me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, but I got the van. <laughs> Jeez, man. It's all about optimism, kids. It's all about Gosh, optimism, bro. All right, sorry. That very quick tangent about too fast, too furious. Oh, Back to time. Indiana Jones, man. I'm sorry about that. Too fast, too furious. So we talked about the writers. Let's talk about the cinematography of. Oh, how do you say this guy's last name? Douglas. I I don't even know. Slocumb. I wrote it, but I don't really know it. I don't really know him as much other than the fact that I knew that I think by the time they did the fourth movie, he it either passed or his health wasn't good. So he didn't do Kingdom Aww. of the Crystal Skull. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is how do you feel? Film. How do you feel about Crystal Skull? Kingdom? Here's here's my thing, and I and I have to be honest, growing up after holes, I was a huge Shia LaBeouf. That's true. Like one of the biggest Shia fans. I loved him in the Transformers movies. I loved him in Eagle Eye, if anyone ever saw that. Yes. So I was a huge Shia LaBeouf fan. So knowing he was going to be Indiana Jones, I was like, let's fucking go. Like he's going to kill it. (laughs) This is going to be great. And then I remember I left that movie. I watched it at a Regal in Maryland. Hmm. And I walked out of there like, what was that? It didn't even feel like (laughs) Indiana Jones to me. Like it was just like, what? What did I just watch? That's funny as hell, man. And I was young. So it's like for I was too young to be having these like nerdy film opinions. You know what I mean? Yeah. But even then I knew like that that didn't feel right. Like it didn't feel like the other movies that I that I've watched of Indiana Jones. Crystal Um, Skull is one of my all time favorite like childhood stories that I have concerning it. Go for it, man. Go for it. I was hyped as hell for this film. Sure. Because back then, iTunes used to like, like do like a, I don't even know what it was. It was almost like a live premiere. Like at a certain time, the trailer would drop, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember I was on that computer when the trailer dropped for Spider-Man 3. And you got the <laughs> first glimpse. You got the yeah. first glimpse of him, like changing into the the, 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 the Venom and the, the yeah. symbiote and everything. Bro, like you that. remember the Pop-Tarts? What are you, you talking about, Pop Tarts? Oh, what? Come what you on, mean? We, I, I will not forget what we were talking Tarts? about. I will not forget Spider-Man, what we Spider Man 3 Pop Tarts that oh, I don't know about. Yeah. Oh, I'm oh can I tell you, dude, before we go on, uh, will we, to add to the Pop Tart mm-hmm. thing, because I want to go on a, uh, we'll go on a mega tangent. Dude, do you know what I tried getting you for Christmas? I never told you what I attempted to get you. And I, what was yeah, it? I failed so hard. Uh-huh. I, Yo, these are the Spider-Man <laughs> Pop Tarts, bro. You never shit, had these. So cool. They, yeah. They're red, frosted spider berry. So they were just like strawberry Pop Tarts, but they were dyed. So it was like a blue icing with like webbing, with and the then webbing. and then like red. I I just oh, remember as a hell. kid being like, these were so gas. Like, they were so good. Were they good? Like they actually tasted. Yeah, good? I mean, it tasted like strawberry Pop Tarts. But like the fact that they looked like this was that like cool is- enough. I never saw those. I don't remember those at all. Yeah, they were really cool, bro. Anyway, we sorry. Back generic. We might have been eating generic pop tarts. I don't. Oh, know. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I this is probably like eighty pounds of food dye. I'm sure, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, I'm sure that this is not good for you. 
but I remember them. I remember me constantly wanting them. My mom was just like, nah. Because now and they do mama, this, where it's like they just man. put like a little Let's design on white icing. two sticker thingy. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look like this. I didn't no even know they man. did those. It doesn't look like this. Oh, right. yeah. So I tried so hard to find the remember we were talking like in one of the earliest episodes of the show we were talking about the read posters you get oh yeah the yeah, library yeah, yeah. like the 90s yep. posters yep. i tried so hard to get you the yo-yo ma oh read poster. so much money and here's my thing there was a dude on ebay selling a couple of them but this mm. homeboy was trying to call them vintage so yep. he wanted like $99 and like a $16 <laughs> like shipping fee. Yep, yep, and I yep. was like, dude, I, I don't even know how to justify that. <laughs> and then I found out this ALA store sells them. Yeah. But you have to be a member of that and pay dues and shit. So I hit a roadblock. Yeah, I was so upset because it looks like you could just buy it. So you it can't just bucks. add to cart? What? I tried so hard at Cameron. I was like, dude, this is going to be the funniest Christmas gift for this man. Bro, I wouldn't and, even know how to react if you uh, gave me a Yo-Yo Ma poster. I, dude, it was going to be the funniest shit that's ever happened. I would frame it. I would frame it. I tried all sorts of ways. Isn't he reading Goodnight Moon? And get this. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Playing like it was sitting on the steps with like a big ass cello. Reading good night move because I saw Golly, other ones, but bro. nobody's really selling them. Like nobody has them. They're just gonna be like in a closet with mothballs and asbestos in your local high school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it was bad, and it took forever to even find the eBay for it. And he has a couple other ones, but I was like, dude, how you how you trying to charge a hundred dollars, twenty dollars shipping wild, for bro. like a, a little baby twenty by eighteen poster? You know what I mean? <laughs> It was funny as hell. These though, these read posters were the shit, dude. I'm telling you, you just always stared at them because they were so mesmerized, man. But anyway, I'm so sorry. Once. Oh uh, no, Crystal you're Skull. Good. Crystal Skull. What's the story? Okay, so the Crystal Skull I uh, trailer I think came on the same thing, like the iTunes player thing, mm-hmm. and I watched like 30 times. I watched it in reverse. I was so fucking hyped for it because I was like, dude, because that was kind of before we hit this huge era of like nostalgia. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they were slowly going through and tr- starting to make like these sequels that are like 20 years the making sequels. But right. it was before they hit like 50 of them. So I was like hype as shit. Yeah. And I saw it and to this day, I still defend it because I understand why it is that they made it the way they did. I understand like the inspirations that came into it. Well, help, expl- still... help explain it to me then. Maybe, I, maybe you'll change my heart. Like, I still don't think that it completely fits Indiana. Like you're right about that in a lot of ways. Cause they mm-hmm. established a lot of like his character and his style, mm-hmm. but the film, the films from the beginning are based off uh, serial pictures. Basically, when you used to go to the theater, instead of just watching the movie, you'd watch like a cartoon. And a lot of times they'd have like a 15 to 20 minute like serial. And they were like the Avengers of Buck Rogers. They were like the Avengers of Zorro and shit like that. And they would end on cliffhangers and they would be like these little adventure things. So they would entice you to come back next time, see the next piece of the adventure. That's what Star Wars is. And that's what Indiana Jones is. It's Indy. He's in a fight. He gets this, then it's a cliffhanger. Then he's on to the next fight. Then he gets into the next scrape. So that's always what he's been is adventures like that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but when you get to Crystal Skull, 
because it's in a different time period, it's in the 50s, a lot of the inspiration is drawn from like those Cold War pictures, those monster movies, the B movies, you know, shit like, you know, uh, Harryhausen things where it's like radiation got onto an ant and blew it up and shit like that. Right. So I get that a lot of the picture is it's Russians instead, it's the Cold War, it's, you know, weird occult artifacts, and then it's the alien things, and it's Area 51. So right. I kind of like the vibe of it. I do agree with people about all the areas that it's faulted because it fell flat, which is why I got a lot of hope for the new movie. But I mm. still really like it a lot just because I think it's still fun. Okay. All right. And I was in that mindset when it came out on DVD. <laughs> and back then, they didn't really have the shit I, you know, you have now. You purchase it digitally or you right. watch it on a streamer. So yeah. you had to go get the DVD. I did not have a license at the time. Okay. I barely had 20 bucks to my name at the time. And I was like, how am I going to get this DVD? Because where we live, there's nothing near us. There's no Walmart, Target, and the mall's too Is far. Is this in uh, New in Jersey? New Hampshire, yeah. Oh, New Hampshire, sorry. Yeah, okay, okay. So I thought to myself, dude, I've been to... Uh, I've been to like Walgreens and Rite Aid and once in a while when they do like a big movie, they'll put out this little box on the counter of, with like 10 copies of this brand new movie. And I was like, yeah. and that is far as hell by bike, but it's not as far as like the mall and Walmart. So no I biked, shot, bro. I got on my fucking bike and I biked fucking miles <laughs> this is a bmx bike this ain't no switching gears on a hill thing this is all leg bro you I were indiana jones to this right aid to get to get this dvd got there and confirmed my suspicion about there being a little box bought that shit for like a crisp 20 dollar bill and yeah. biked all the way home and i was still hyped to like out of breath to watch that shit i was so wow. hyped it's one of my favorite memories because it's biking miles for a movie that's not that great right. on the surface. But and the memory means so much to me because it instilled this fact that like I had this zeal for storytelling and you just did, adventure bro. like that. That I was like willing to go the distance. Just bro, to that watch is this thing. crazy. I thought that shit was funny. I, I'm gonna do a calculation like tomorrow or something when I far <laughs> and see on Google Maps and I'll I'll show you the route and I'll tell you how far. Maybe next podcast wow. I'll get on and I'll tell everybody how Wait, far dude, I, I can how far right I biked now. for Kingdom of the Crystal School. Right now, hold on. Because now oh, if shit. we get the real Okay, hold yeah, on. I should be able to guide you. Yeah, we're going to have to put this clip out for people to see. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. So because this is where New Hampshire. OK, so we'll start the starting point, I guess, will be my house because I'll actually remember that. All right. So five Linda Avenue in, right. in Dover, New Hampshire. Because I don't know the address of the other place. I guess we could just drag the map around. Yeah, Five Linda Avenue is where we pretty much lived for the majority of our time there. For Look like at 20 that, man. Years Look, at the house. Little. Look at the little the Hernandez household, baby. And I'll have you know, that is the flipped version of our house. That is not the version we grew up in. 
Oh, really? This okay, the, okay. This is the nicer updated version. Does anyone live there now? From yeah, no? there's definitely people. Not that I. I oh don't know no, yes, yeah, so I'm saying like I don't know if your mom stayed there but, or anything like that. No, no, they got my my uncle was still flipping houses at the time, and that was like the last house they did was they flipped ours. So okay, it definitely looks nothing like it looked nothing like that inside or out when we were there for sure. All right, Actually, so all right, yeah, I was gonna say we're gonna have to back out. This is the starting point, though, that we know. But we're going to have to back out to the rather map so I can show you where to go. Oh, my goodness. I almost touched my screen. I feel like a, <laughs> a, uh, feel like an old man. I was like, all right, let me see if I can touch this screen. Uh, you see where it says uh, Wentworth Douglas Hospital? Wentworth Douglas Hospital. Oh, wait, you just it was there and you, you zoomed out a little too far. Zoom back in more. Oh, right here. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Zoom into that area there because the the Rite Aid or Walgreens or whatever it was at the time was right down the street from there. Oh, this is fantastic. I can't wait. I've never actually looked this up. Okay. See that major roadway right there? This one? Yeah, that yeah, follow that down just a little bit. No, the other way. Oh, okay, this way. Oh, this is great. Rite Aid. Hold on. Yeah, you see where it says Rite Aid right there? Yeah. yeah, you already spotted it. Oh, that's it right there. That's the that's so where that's I where you drove it. to. Okay. All right, so we could get that address and then we could <laughs> click it in. Oh, it's gonna be so embarrassing. The whole world's gonna know how far I barked for this DVD. It wasn't even a Blu-ray at the time. It was just DVDs. All right, all right. Oh. Uh, that's way too funny, man. I don't know. Yeah. I still, much like when I was watching uh, the TV show Lost, I, I don't know. I still defend it. I have fun with it. That's why I like Spielberg a lot. I, you know, he makes, sometimes he makes different films like Schindler's List that are really impactful. And sometimes he makes films like Indy. And I, you know, I think they're both good and they're both valid. Much yeah. like the whole, you know, Marvel and Scorsese and Ridley kind of debate. Like, I think both are valid. They're both forms of, art they're both forms of entertainment you know they're subjective like that dang there so, is a bicycle option too that's what's bad 20 you, you bike 30 minutes bro just about that's one way yeah it's one way yeah it's one way you you, you bike five that? miles holy shit yeah jeez <laughs> so so round trip 10 miles in an hour 10 mile trip. Oh, oh, shit. I don't think I biked that fast. I, I was a skinny fucker. Dang, bro. <laughs> that's crazy. It's good to know that. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Feel my dedication. Bro, that's, that is, I've <laughs> never biked. I've never biked that long for anything. Oh, man. <laughs> God damn. We were always like, hiking biking through the woods stuff like that we were stranger things kids but not oh, as rich for sure. and, and uh certainly not as interesting <laughs> i remember there was a we found a through our woods we found a secret path to a mcdonald's Hell, it was really what? yeah it was really it was really far from us i remember it being like like driving distance like 15 minutes but we found mm. like through these woods like someone hacked a path Oh, that gosh. literally led you straight to the McDonald's so we could walk there. Oh, it was cool. There was a, we found a way to get all the way from our house through the woods 
and it, it wraps around this uh, this river that spills into a bay and you follow like the path along the river and you can get all the way to like the 24-hour convenience store that was down the yeah. street from the high school so when i uh signed my own self out of school one day because i don't want to i didn't want to sit in class anymore for the day right i just went home at like you know 9 30 in the morning i took the i took the tree path because i was like i don't need anybody i know seeing me on the road asking why i'm leaving school so I, I went through the forest yeah halfway through the forest i heard like a crack or something i thought Ooh. like fuck predators with me and i like spun around there's yeah. a fucking deer there but what it was just like one deer and it was like a a, a magical god of war moment like it was just like dead <laughs> ass quiet like everything had been sucked out of the air and yeah. i was just staring at this deer and i was like see this i was stuck in fucking algebra i would have never had this tranquil moment with this beautiful wow. deer <laughs> very true very true that is very true staying class kids <laughs> very <laughs> read <laughs> read good night moon uh <laughs> now we're moon. getting back on the subject of indie we're getting into uh i think yeah i think we're getting into another awesome action sequence and i just wanted i didn't want to end this review without or this talk without talking about the amazing action sequences in this movie because i I don't think there's better filmmaking than this like i i feel like filmmakers to this day are still trying to capture what george and steven put on screen in 1981 they perfected it in 1981 like i I, that scene where he's like the dude like he's about to get into that fight with the dude with the whip and he just pulls out his gun what's a better character moment than that you know what i mean yeah hands down golly you know what everyone's problem is is that the jason Bourne movies came out so everyone mm-hmm. thought like shaky cam movies are now like oh my gosh yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. And, Clo- and cloverfield so yep. when they started doing action sequences you couldn't see them so they wasted a millions of dollars for nothing so right. you go back and you watch like these action sequences and even if some of them are as tight as like newer ones and they look a little cheesy they're yeah. fucking miles better, man. So like, good, just dude. the set pieces. They're so good. It's at the the show. You've obviously seen the show at Oh, Hollywood the Studios. Disney World. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so good. They do the whole boulder scene. They do the whole yeah. fight with the plane. They do all the stuff here, like in in Cairo. I think they're at. I think uh, so. It's 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 tremendous, dude. This and the whole the thing that the really where he gets, stabs uh, the dude, and then there's the apples in his back. <laughs> he stabs him and the apples the scene that gets me man is like the one that follows this because it's all layered right on top of each other which is ridiculous it's like oh, crazy yeah. good action sequence throughout the city and the gunfight followed the by another exposition scene but i feel like every exposition scene is always bled with something that's like it you're still on the edge you see like that one he's like gonna eat like a poison grape or something or an apple like oh, there's the, poison something and like the it's poison exposition. Date. Yeah, the dates. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's and, and it but it's exposition, but like the whole time you're like, Indy, don't eat it, don't eat it, don't like it's they're so good at that. Like this movie's so good at con- consistently keeping you entertained. You and never feel monkey. like you're just being like, I'm just sitting here hearing information right now, you know? The monkey dies. <laughs> the monkey. Poor monkey. The truck scene is the one that blows me away because just the choreographing of a sequence like that 
you know, him being in the driver's seat, then on the back uh, of the truck, the then in the front of the insane. truck, then underneath the freaking truck. Like, it just blows me away, man. Truck scene's insane. I heard that for that one where he where he shoots him instead of the, apparently they had a fight scene choreographed, but then they had people were getting food poisoning or something. There was like some kind of sickness. That scene always interests me because it's like the freaking the all oh, the dudes in the background hanging themselves shit in Wizard of Oz. Like every couple of years, somebody says like something different. But yeah, the story I always ended up hearing was that like, oh yeah, Harrison had like dysentery or something. So yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, that was that. But when, if you watch like you pop in that DVD and shit like your boy you pop in the special features <laughs> ah, there's yeah. literally all kinds of footage from a choreographed fight with that big dude with the sword like, oh so they did a, shoot it yeah there's a bunch of footage they shot and it's all like deleted there's even a portion where like he i guess he he dodges him and the dude's big sword cuts this guy's piece of meat as meat stand and he's like oh <laughs> shit crap wow. me up. i don't know why and there's a bunch of it and there's even shots of Harrison like talking to like I guess stunt coordinator saying like yeah what's to stop me from just shooting people? <laughs> like, even he knew like why am I fist fighting these guys? What? And he was like they were like oh well these guys come at you too quick and Marion's over here. So I love that eventually they listened to him and they were just like you know what let's just shoot the big. It dude works for the character, you know? man. It works it, for the character. It works so well. But I, yeah, I, that's one of those like old myths that I'm like nah, bro, just. It, it was definitely shot. I mean, maybe he had he had some BG too, some bubble gut. But well, as I'm saying, maybe both can be true. Like they shot it, and then maybe they were like, "Oh, let's let's like get going for another take." And then Harrison was like, "Bro, my stomach is killing me. Like, why don't I just shoot him?" Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, yeah, let's try that." And then it worked. You know, what I mean? on the mic like Harrison's going down. Harrison, yeah, going down. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe he shot it once and was like, "I I don't have the stomach to do this again." You know? Just just shoot him, man. Yeah. It was probably hot as hell. They were filming in the in the deserts of Tunisia. I think pretty much. I think the same desert that they were filming uh, Star Wars in. So I'm pretty sure it's probably for two hundred thousand degrees there. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to get to the yeah. Because the scene you're talking about the that car scene where he's like. Oh, the trucks? Yeah, where that dude, like, punches him, and then he, like, flies out, then he climbs under uh, the, the car. Yeah, the, like, that truck chase thing. Oh, man. And bro. I heard before that the stunt where he goes under is, like, a recreation from an uh, old Western. And I don't know if it was exactly what they were trying to do, but what if do you, you look up... Oh, like, it was pre... Like, it like it's it takes inspiration from just another scene? Yeah, the Western... Oh stagecoach one of my favorite movies from 1939 with john wayne it like helped put Never westerns like back on the map mm-hmm. it established him as a megastar because he was really young and it helped like uplift westerns from being like low pulpy b movies to like being like serious like films sure. and there's a scene where like they're on the stagecoach with the horses and i he like i think he jumps up a couple but at some point i think he goes underneath and kind of like drags like pretty much kind of like indiana does like underneath it i mm-hmm. think it was supposed to be like reminiscent of that oh. and knowing spielberg and everything those guys definitely know their their stuff so i'm sure it probably Very was true. but that scene in the 40x theater was bananas man Oh, because the theater moves with you in those scenes. It moves a hell of a lot more than you think it was. It made me laugh every time it moved because it was just so sudden and like jarring. Yeah. Yeah. I kept laughing the entire time because I was having so much freaking fun. 
but yeah, it just moves and there's wind effects and there's all these like sound things. So I gotta see a movie a in there, man. I gotta see a movie in there. Where's that theater at? Um, Waterford. Well, there's okay. multiple of them. I think even the one by I Drive, I think might have one. But I was waiting to see something in there, and I always forgot about it. And I, I wanted to see Top Gun, showing, I think, in there. Uh, I want to see like Maverick in there. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like one time they were playing Gremlins, and I was just wondering how weird it would be, like what they would oh, do. Because yeah. it sprays water too. Oh yeah, kind of, like those Disney rides. Yeah. yeah, pretty much like that. But as soon as I saw that Indy was there, I bought a ticket like immediately because I was like, there's no better film to go in there because they'll play even like new films in there. I was like, yeah. Dude, you can't you can't do 40x on a three and a half hour Avatar 2 movie. <laughs> just like, watching Endgame, just yeah, like, just bro, endlessly rocking. Like, yeah, you know, just throwing up violently. <laughs> I was like, it Jeez, needs to bro. be like this movie. It needs to be like a tight hour 45 and then you're done you can't do no yep. giant epic in there man yeah like i was the, i was shocked by that too when i rises. when i rewatched this one at how short it was it, uh it the last uh couple weekends or i've watched a couple of movies in theaters i watched megan and uh missing you should really watch both if you haven't seen either of those you should really watch them there uh, it's very shocking how great the january lineup has been it's been a really great january in terms of like mm-hmm. films um but they're both really long <laughs> like really? way longer yeah like or like longer than i expected like it's just like i, I don't especially like a, a horror movie i always feel like 90 minutes yeah. is like a solid time to like you know so when they pass 90 minutes i'm always like you better have for a horror movie you better have some good stuff going on to get to yeah. get past the 90 minute mark both of them did both of them successfully were great movies past well past the 90 minute mark but like this oh. one's an hour 45 and it's like an action movie which like nowadays like these avengers movies are like Shit. three hours four hours like wakanda forever loved the movie it took forever fun, took forever bro. bro like i love you ryan but we can cut some of this homie we can cut some of this out <laughs> might as well put an intermission on that bad boy yeah go, god man. man like i i you know i get it but you know jeez, yeah. bro uh, i'm trying to make it to dinner <laughs> like ryan i'm gonna write a letter yeah man i love you like i think you're a fantastic filmmaker but come on man come on bro let me get, let me get the intermission well you think these stunt men do stunts like this these stunts crazy bro i you you watch a lot of older films and you start thinking like the rules were not the fucking same yeah they're out there breaking like, their back and biscuit risking yeah. And I, I feel like the money was probably like he really fell good. off that cliff. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, <laughs> onto like one king size uh, mattress at the bottom of it. You know, before yeah, as I say, before we miss talking about it, like the Industrial Light and Magic was relying so hard on like the Star Wars movies, and this was one of the examples of a movie where like they could actually like branch out and do something like non Star Wars related, mm-hmm. and it's definitely what adds to the magic of these first three movies it's just like you're looking at like matte paintings you're you know all these practical effects all the stunts are being done for real and i think that makes a huge difference too that dude bended a tree for real literally i think it makes all the difference too and you know that's what's difficult about what crystal skull came out because now it's oh wait you're in a whole new era it's yeah, post filmmaking. It's post Lord of the Rings and all this shit where they have full CG characters carrying the screen. 
and it, they put you know they'll put stuff in there that's actual like practicals but like the moment you saw the cg groundhog in the beginning you were like fuck <laughs> yep this is a different era it's a different era film bro there were some shots in the film that like it definitely was its downfall like some of those jungle fil- uh, shots in the movie yep with the monkeys and stuff and i was just like see this is too much it, it needs to be a healthier blend because these movies like prided themselves on old school effects like dude the dude's waxy head melting when they yep. open the they open up the arc they let you know the the ghost effects and stuff like that like it's weird to me that they relied so much on cg i think it was just like the move at the time you know what i mean yeah hopefully now with this new one i said we need to talk about that the new one coming out uh dial of destiny hopefully yep. now they they realize what they did you know wrong and they, they dial back on that i hope so bit. yeah i hope so i think i think i it'd be naive of me to think that Wait, who's directing it? is it spielberg no it's it's james mangold okay i just feel he like did uh 310 to yuma logan ford versus ferrari bangers oh right, well, yeah bangers yeah, yeah i just feel like it's it's everyone understands what the issue was or at least i think understands the issue with uh, crystal skull and we know what makes indie great uh, there, yeah. there's still people who are doing great stunt work great practical effects and you can blend the two and and, and still have some cg in there because obviously harrison ford is the ripe age of 109 so <laughs> You know, it's like don't East don't yeah, yeah exactly like yeah. don't put this man in any danger, bro. Like, <laughs> I, he's not this young anymore. Yeah, you know, it that's what gives me faith that the movie would be decent because yeah, I mean yeah, he did Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but Harrison is definitely one of those crass crass old dudes at this point, and oh. there was no way that he was going to do another one after that unless he thought like. Yeah, I like this script. This is pretty solid. Yeah, you know exactly. I, mean? I, I I don't think... Uh, it's kind of like a, a Tom Cruise isn't nearly as old, but I've heard that he was pitched a lot of Top Gun 2 scripts yeah. and he passed on pretty much all of them until he finally found the one from Maverick. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't think he co-wrote it, but like, I, it took him these many years to finally get something where he's like, I like this script. I like the direction this is going. Let's do it. And yeah. I feel like Harrison's too old to where it's it's really got to move him for him to be like, all right, I'm willing to suck it up and be on these long film sets all day. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't need the money. Harrison Ford mm-hmm. doesn't need any more legend status. He's already a legend. No, that's a really good point. 18 this, times over, you know? There's a lot of these stars that, like, or kings of the box office, and now it's just like, listen, I'm going to pick my time. I'm going to spend yeah. my time. I'm going to try to pick wisely because if you got to be on the set or you're away from your family or, you know, your comfort of your own home, like I'm not about to waste my time on any of these films. Like I did when I was younger, you know, right. I'm surprised Samuel is still doing it. Samuel, this brother will take any film that comes this, but man, if I got lucky enough to direct a movie, I feel like I passed him (laughs) a script. He'd be like for the right amount. Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, yeah. I'm leaving with something. (laughs) I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm leaving with something. <laughs> oh, that shit cracks me up. That was man, a great gift. You, that was a great I gift. Absolutely love it, man. That's oh. a good gift. No, but yeah, man. Uh, fi- I guess we'll do final thoughts, man. Final thoughts on on indie, on you know what this meant to you as a kid. Anything, man. Like, you know, what? it's a great. My movie. Final thought on this is the John Williams did the score, much like he does for 
Oh, we didn't oh, even man. talk about John Williams, bro. Good lord. The man has the Midas touch. Everything turns to gold. He's been collaborating with all these guys forever. And he's going to come back and do the last indie. And he's expressed interest in it being his last thing that he composes. Which I What? Think is, which I think is great. That's like winning the Super Bowl. In That's amazing. That's a baller bro. status. I would too, say this movie is arguably his best work. It's so fucking iconic. Yeah, I, mean, I would love to see like uh, I've heard there's showings of this movie where you can watch it and then oh with a live God. orchestra and I would love to see something like that. I've seen so many people who went to yeah all kinds of movies where that's that's where they do the live orchestra yeah. and I'm dying bro. I'm yeah, dying for somebody to, to take me to that because they'll do it. With to so take many... me to that? No. Yeah. I don't even want to. Take me I out wanna, bro. I just wanted to be invited. Yeah, they had they sure. they've done them with the Lord of the Rings. I'd cry. I'd oh, my cry. Oh, oh my gosh! You bow to no one, and then he Lord of the Rings. I'd do it for Star Wars. I'd do it for Harry Potter, bro. They do a. They've done a lot of the Harry Potter ones like that too. <laughs> which again, is partial was partially John Williams in the beginning. Yep, that man is cool. So I know, yeah, I I think as long as he's on it too, they got all these people. Yeah. I think it's gonna be magic. I'm gonna have to bike twice as far to get the 4K of of if Dial you really, Destiny. If you really yeah. want it, Dylan. <laughs> yeah. if you really Forget want getting it. in my car. No, <laughs> I'm gonna go old school. I'm gonna bike mm-hmm. to the Walmart. You, you use those two feet and you get there. <laughs> All my life. <laughs> oh my head. Uh, my final thoughts. Uh, yeah. Indiana Jones is, is top five greatest movie heroes of all time. The, I just feel like it's filmmakers to this day are still f- trying to capture what George and Steven captured in 1981, man. Like it, it's I, the, I, you, I, I've, I've seen this movie at this point huh, more than 10 times, probably. And yeah. like I, each time it's, I'm always just like, impressed by something else like i just don't we're point. watching the scene where they cutely get him to be like he's hurting he just had the the big chase down in the truck scene and marianne's like with him and she's like and he's like I, I, i'm leave me alone i'm hurting and she's like well where doesn't it hurt and then he says like his elbow and then she kisses it and he's like well actually this place doesn't hurt this doesn't hurt and it's like a cute way of doing a romantic like they don't miss this movie doesn't miss. miss. <laughs> this movie doesn't miss. It doesn't miss. Like I, it does not. There are so many ways to 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 write in a corny. Let me tell you something. You talked about how Spielberg wanted to do James Bond. James Bond has plenty of corny love scenes. This ain't oh, one yeah. of them. You know what I mean? Like it's it's cute. It's a cute love scene. I wish my girl would do it to me right now. <laughs> like hey yo, this don't hurt. This don't hurt that don't hurt you know what i mean they couldn't get there because you know this wasn't rated a certain way but i know what that deleted scene was saying and he said down there don't hurt you know what i mean <laughs> uh but yeah man uh I know, I, I, I know i know i know what that deleted scene was going uh but yeah man all in all like i this was a great pick Dylan, you always seem to pick the ones that are like trying man I'm trying. you know what i mean like I, you know i'm out here picking cheetah girls and you're out here picking the <laughs> yeah <laughs> the quintessential I want to cheat the girls too any day. Come I'm on, man. This is the Quentin. My we're talking about talking about killing Nazis in this one, man. It's, yeah. it's going crazy. It's going crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, 
that'll do it for this episode stay tuned we got a lot of good stuff coming um tony will be on the season i promise you he will be uh again he was a lead animator on um most famously mulan and brother bear but he also did some other movies uh, in the disney uh renaissance period um we got tyler coming back i know vic and steven are coming back we finally get Dylan's brother, Lee. He's going to be on, um, I think you said, uh, one of the stunt coordinators from Marvel shows. We might be able to get them on, right? Weren't you saying that? Or he, he was an extra in a Marvel movie? Oh, uh, or Marvel Brian, TV shows. Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian, Brian's, Brian's acted in a bunch of different things. Yeah. That, that you'll be able to find. Um, he was in WandaVision. That's what it was. He was the police officer outside the the city i can't remember the name of the city when she made the fake town yeah the fake one yeah um I, he was a security guard guy and i think the second season of stranger things he's on Dang. he has a part i think i think he has a small part in the new show will trent that just came on like nbc or whatever he does a bunch of things he'll be in georgia always doing something awesome. super cool guy uh definitely give us some cool industry stories i know everybody look forward to that so yeah man some more you know is real the the movies have always been great and the conversations are going to get greater you know what i mean so just mm-hmm. stay tuned stay tuned um but until then uh obviously if you have any questions for us i think uh it's all for you so on our next episode we'll answer some questions from the gmail if that's Ooh. uh extra but at gmail.com or yeah extra but at gmail.com Feel free to email us uh, and we'll start the next episode with some of those questions that you guys have in. Um, uh, and then obviously socials. Uh, Dylan, what's your Instagram handle again? Oh my goodness. You have it? Yeah, I think I do. Oh, I Literally, I just think it's my name. Sweet. Dylan Hernandez. <laughs> on, Dylan Carlos uh, H. There it is on Instagram. Make there sure to is. give him a follow. Uh, a little thumbnail will be a picture of me and my spunky dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He not that. She got a lot of attitude. Uh, for me, it's uh, Cam underscore Infinity. Um, how some people ask me the origin of that name? I don't have anything good. I think I was in college <laughs> and was just like, this sounds cool. I I don't. I have no your AOL. Your aim handle? No, my aim handle was Football Players One. Oh snap! Yeah, I still got that email. I love. <laughs> it's still around. It's still. Kicking. I love it, man. Still sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta make some dummy accounts and that's the one i use you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so gotta make some burners exact sometimes sometimes uh, you gotta make a burner you know what i mean that's too funny uh but until then it's been cam it's been uh dylan carlos h the man who bikes 30 minutes for crystal mm-hmm. skull 10 miles 10 miles bro Round you, trip. you could you could never see these calves <laughs> shoot sometimes I look at dylan's calf i'm like where'd you get those from now i know <laughs> Now you know. (laughs) Uh, But it's been extra butter. Until next time, guys. Appreciate it. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. Goodbye. Goodbye.